0: Good evening and welcome to the Carolina Weather Group for Wednesday, July the 5th, 2017. You've caught us all in the middle of a chuckle because if you are a frequent listener to this podcast, and I presume any other podcast that uses Google Hangouts to bring its group together, it likes to surprise us each and every week with just how long it will take to go live after Shay Gibson hits go and then we just sit patiently for anywhere from 2 to 15 seconds. So uh, we are glad you are with us uh, this week. Uh, happy belated 4th of July. We are live on YouTube. And uh, for those of you joining us on our enhanced simulcast on Facebook and Periscope, uh, we also have a number of uh, kind of uh, severe thunderstorms, a few strong ones out there as well across North and South Carolina. So you may notice some of those scrolling at the bottom of the screen if you are, in fact, joining us on Facebook or on Periscope. And of course, if you're on any one of our platforms tonight, uh, you can use the comments feature right there on social media to ask your questions. Our guest is John Ziegler, the new chief meteorologist at Fox 46 Television, WJZY, here in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. So we will be bringing him on in just a few minutes to get to know him and welcome him into the Carolinas. Uh, And of course, if you are listening to our podcast on uh, Google Play or the iTunes store, uh, you can always find John on social media to ask him a question at a later time. But let's uh, bring in our panelists this week. We'll go north to south and we'll start with Peter in New Jersey to find out how his 4th of July was Peter uh, not too bad it was uh,
1: weather was okay we had uh, mostly sunny skies but then of course by the afternoon
2: we had those pop-up storms that just want to sit there and linger and not move so that probably ruined a few plans for people but luckily I did not get hit with that uh, and then we had a firework show at nine o'clock over here and it decided to downpour And uh, they had to end the show early because the fire marshal was getting all mad in the township. So we didn't have a great fireworks show this year, but we still have fireworks. So that's all that matters. The next couple of days, not looking too bad either. We're going to be in the 80s, kind of cool. A couple showers here and there tomorrow, maybe Friday. And then the weekend looks good again. And, uh, you know, we'll watch that potential tropical thing going on there. I'll let Shay talk about that a little (laughs) later. But, uh, yeah, so all things have been pretty quiet around here. Nothing two major going
0: on so all is good that is good that's good uh, let's go uh to the Tennessee mountain area where we got Ricky who I think is uh, just a little bit further north than Scotty so we'll go to Ricky to find out how his fourth was and also uh Ricky I understand you were watching a rocket launch not uh but maybe half an hour ago
2: yeah SpaceX successfully launched their Falcon 9 rocket after a few scrubs so uh most people know I'm a giant nerd in both weather and space so that's some cool stuff that uh, happened there and uh, Speaking of rockets, let's check out uh, something new that came out today. You guys probably haven't even seen this yet. This is the uh, go 16 geostationary lightning mapper data. Just got released in what's called beta format today. Uh, so here's some of the data over the past, I think it's about an hour and a half or so, of uh, some of the lightning flashes from GOES-16 and GLM. So some cool data there, and uh, fourth wasn't too bad. We had a uh, few fireworks. Displays in our area that I think, man, I think Alton could manage to get off. Actually, I was MC for the Bristol fireworks, um, and it rained. So, what else do you expect when a meteorologist shows up and uh, MCs fireworks? I guess, but uh, they didn't boot me too badly, just a little bit,
0: and uh, had a fun time regardless. So. Well, it was nice of you to show up not empty-handed, bringing those uh, rain showers with you. And uh, somebody else who I think had a wet and stormy Fourth of July was Scotty up in the uh, North Carolina foothills. Kept looking at that radar last night, Scotty, and it seemed to be uh, fairly persistent at times.
3: Yeah, we've uh, we've we've been in it with uh, thunderstorms all around. I mean, yesterday, today, Monday. So it's been a stormy period here in the foothills. Several damage reports coming out of the uh, McDowell, Burke, Caldwell. Uh, county areas today with some damage and winds. So always a fun time here in the Western Carolinas in the summertime with those pulse type severe storms. But uh, the Fourth of July was halfway decent. Started off a fairly sunny, had a few uh, thunderstorms roll through, but by eight nine o'clock it all cleared out. Fireworks were uh, able to uh, go off without uh, any major hiccups. So overall, it's a fairly decent Fourth of July, and uh, you know we're just enjoying the rain. Uh, Interesting stat, I don't know if you saw this, James, or you, Ricky, or even John. Uh, we were talking about uh, the rainfall in Charlotte last year uh, for the entire summer period was 6.9 inches. and We've already surpassed that with a month and a half left of meteorological summer. So uh, that just kind of shows you how dry it was last year and how wet it's been so far this year. So uh, I wouldn't mind having a few sunny days with, uh, with no thunderstorms, but I don't think that's coming for a while.
0: My uh, neighbor and I would agree, our backyard that we share uh, in our community here is just kind of one big area of mud. Not the greatest drainage, but like you said, we've gotten plenty of rain. Quite the surplus uh, building up, especially compared to the last year's uh, dry summer, and it, it seems like no end uh, in sight, uh, not immediately looking at the radar. Like you said, quite a few showers and storms still across the region tonight. Uh, what about you, Shay? How are things along the, the coastline there at Charleston?
1: Hot and steamy here, man. I'm telling you, it's hot. It's we, We've got heat indices about 100 to 105 each day and from here on out for several days to come without any reprieve until maybe Sunday, Monday when we get a cold front to come through the area. But even then, the Bermuda high setup is so uh, structured that the, the front goes through what's called frontolysis where it sort of just breaks down. Fronts come to die here in the southeast this time of the year. And we're hoping to get some cloud cover and some reprieve from the heat because we're getting low to mid 90s. We had 96 degrees today, just before five o'clock, and humidity factors are up 60 to 72 percent. So I mean, you know, it's it's pretty um, it's pretty uncomfortable outside. I got to say, Fourth of July was great. Uh, i was dry. We didn't have any thunderstorms over the Charleston area. There were some inland where you could see some uh, inland fireworks in the in the clouds aloft, which was pretty cool. But uh, overall, pretty good fireworks shows here. Everybody had a good time. Uh, if you can just beat the heat, stay cool and hydrated. Uh, will be right for the next few days Uh, if you're looking to I'm going to share the screen if you're looking to get some um, comfort by jumping into the ocean you probably won't get very much because look at those sea surface temperatures are approaching almost 85 degrees out there uh, 84.1 to 85 degrees along the shelf waters and even out into the Gulf of Mexico so we're not really getting a whole lot of relief on the heat out there and this is that time of the year it is July uh, it, we're lucky that we don't have a strong ridge built over the Appalachian Mountains to draw that heat even higher. Uh, we've seen that before where we get high temperatures into the 100s and heat indices up near 120. So we're kind of fortunate uh, for that. As far as tropics, if, if you guys wanted to hear a little bit about the tropics, there was some, uh, there's there's a little bit of hype about Invest 94L, which the National Hurricane Center had this up to a 70 day, 70% chance next 48 hours, 80% chance next five days. That was yesterday. As of this morning, they started coming down in the numbers. Now we're down to a 60-60 ratio on that. And I'll go ahead and show you the Sims. This is the rainbow loop from Sims, uh, Tropical Cyclones. You can kind of see this is just a small blob out there. It has a little bit of convection trying to get <clears throat> wrapped around a core. The, the wave axis is sort of tilted from uh, basically Southeast to Northwest. And it doesn't look like the system really has a lot to go on. And that's because of the Saharan air layer, which is providing a lot of dry air. Let me see if I can get that aloft right here. Here we go. So uh, this is Saharan dust that's suspended aloft, these oranges and reds up here. These are at the mid-levels, which tends to not allow for storms or tropical cyclones to develop. Now, you see ahead of this system where it's sort of patchy, and it's been that way for a few days. But you can see this large tongue of Saharan dust coming in from the east and the northeast that's going to be really enveloping the system aloft. Plus, it has some upper shear ahead. I don't really see this system making it very far. I think that there was some concern for the southeast coast at one point, but it doesn't look like the system's really gonna have a lot to go on. Uh, some of the spaghetti plots took this system over towards the Bahamas in time, but you know, with, with the the expected weakness of the system, it's gonna be hard to even say that it could even hold up. So sort of my, my synopsis for the system is gonna be that it would um, be lucky to get a name, and if it's going to be named, it will be Don. Uh, they were expecting that within the next 24 to 48 hours. So if it doesn't happen by tomorrow, it may not happen at all. The, the wave may drift over towards the Mahamas. It may hold together as a small compact system. It does have a decent moisture shield wrapped around it. Uh, so we'll just have to keep watching it. But it's, it's so far out that it's no concern for the southeast region. There's no, nothing to be worrying about right now. Back to you, James.
0: Thank you, Shay. Yeah, and if Cindy wasn't a reminder for the Gulf Coast, that maybe this invest, whether it gets the name down or not, is just a nice reminder to all of us along the East Coast that it is, in fact, hurricane season, and that every so often we should pull up that hurricanes.gov website and see exactly what may or may not be out there. So thank you for that uh, analysis, Shay. Uh, we want to welcome in our guest. As we mentioned, John Ziegler is uh, new to the Charlotte area. Uh, or, or, John, I guess not that new anymore, right? You've been here for a couple well. of weeks now. Uh, we're happy to have you on the show. And uh, how are you liking the Queen City so far?
4: Well, thank you guys for joining me. Uh, let me come on the show. Well, I've, all right. I don't know when the word new runs out.
0: Okay. It's a great question.
4: Mm, I feel like there's so some radio
0: here. stations that I listen to who have been new for like two years now. So,
4: okay. All right. So, I'll be new for a long time. I've been here six weeks. Um, me and the wife, we love it. I got a four month old with us. So, it's been. Probably the craziest five months of my entire life, moving uh, infant across country, and we didn't get our stuff for an entire month.
0: So that was insane. But is there a backstory there? It sounds like there might be a backstory.
4: We got half of it. We got oh, okay. We got like seventy-five percent of our stuff. And the other twenty-five percent's lost. <laughs> Still lost? Still, yeah, it's just gone.
1: Well, as long so as you make get, that like, away from home for the baby, then you're okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got the crib, so we're good. I'm going to put an APB out to anyone who's listening. If you see John's uh, stuff, uh, please return to him uh, at the TV station.
4: I know it. So, uh, no, other than that, I mean, Charlotte's awesome. Um, I did – no, I've lived in the Midwest. So the southeast is definitely more like you're going to wear the weather every day. So, you know, mowing the lawn, you get sweaty like five minutes here. You know, and I'm not used to that. So, but besides that, I am a fisherman diehard and I have a boat on Lake Wiley and I fish at least three days a week and I love it.
0: This is, this is a good uh, place for that. If you like the fishing, like being out in the lake, uh, it's a a nice region where you can get close to the water. Yes. Maybe, maybe not necessarily the ocean, whether or not, you know, we're, we're a little distance from that, but we kind of got that, the perks of being inland, but also the perks of having that nice giant man-made lake, uh, in our backyard. Uh, I
4: like the storms too. The storms yeah you They know,
0: have been greeting you nonstop it seems.
4: But that's what I'm used to so I'm from the you know uh, Joplin Springfield. So obviously I'm used to storms and I can't, I come here and I'm thinking ah summertimes gonna be quiet, right That's what normally you think quiet but I'm loving it. Every night there's a chance for storms and it's always keeping you on your toes. so it's been uh, that's been fun. I've actually enjoyed that. That's been really good. So, I'm looking you know, at the radar Lake, over Lake,
0: your shoulder, and I think there's some more action rolling in.
4: Yeah, I keep uh, I keep looking over here. There you go. Oh yeah, there you go.
1: <laughs> you got you got Lake Northern, Lake, Lake Lake Norman to the <laughs> south or the southwest, right? And then that doesn't that uh, help accentuate some of the storms that come through there? I have heard you know, this,
3: hmm.
1: but
4: where I need a research paper. Where do I find one?
0: That's
1: exactly Someone what I was just going to ask. Look up Lake Raising and Lake Norman. Okay.
0: <laughs> good old, good old Google. Uh, John, you mentioned you came from from Springfield, uh, yep. and you were telling us before the show that you're from uh, Duluth. So uh, sure. we were we were joking that yeah, we're in the heat of summer right now, but come snow time, you will be ready. Oh, licking my chops! If that,
4: no, like the only like this is a true story. The only reason I do what I do. Th- today is because i love snow so much and it got me into the industry you know what i mean everybody's got a reason why they're in the industry mine is snow forecast i just love it it's kind of like a hurricane but on land right you're watching it for like five days or six days and everyone talks about it like oh there's like a it might break off in in colorado yeah you know so i like colorado low big snow systems that come up up the midwest it, it, I fell in love with the, I fell in love with those. So, yes, I'm oh, ready for snow. Bring it directly, on.
0: Directly, directly into the next question you have to ask every weatherman is when did you fall in love with weather?
4: Well, I was probably as soon as I could talk. Um, I told my mom when I was six I was going to be a meteorologist on TV, and then they they just you know sure sure you will, but. I, um, yeah, I used to watch Weather Channel every day. It's when I was six. And I, if it, if, all right, so in Minnesota, I grew up in Minneapolis. And in the wintertime, if it ever got above 32 degrees, I would cry. (laughs) So, wow. Yeah, because I had like, every town has like 15 ice skating rinks outside, right? So if it gets above 32,
0: you can't skate for a week. You're in for a very warm uh, winter then.
3: (laughs) Hey, Ricky, Ricky, how long do you give John, what, let's say this first winter and then he'll be tired of snow here in the southeast?
2: He hasn't been inside the wedge yet because (laughs) when you get in Charlotte, all right, here's what happens. Your station will be plowed in with snow. And down there in South Charlotte, there'll be nothing. And the metro in Uptown will probably end up with like a mixture of crap For lack of a better term, (laughs) and everyone will just yell at you because they say it didn't snow.
3: Listen, this is this is the sleet the sleet capital of the world.
4: Sleet Mm.
2: again is what we've had in Charlotte before. We've had two inches of
4: sleet
3: before.
1: That's legit. That's a big sleet storm. Yeah, and the ice. You still have to get through the summer, though. I mean, you you still got to get through the heat, the Piedmont heat up there. You're going to be a human coat hanger for the next couple of months. My wife is miserable with that. My wife loves
4: rain and likes cold, but uh, so I brought her to Charlotte. Well, she'll love the winter. <laughs> she'll love those wedges then. 38,
3: 36 degrees with a heavy rain, and you're just like, man, if there's a couple more degrees, we'd have all snow. So,
4: uh, Here's the thing, though. I, I can't wait for winter because I'm older now. Snowing every day is awesome when you're 11, but when you're like an adult and you have to do adulting, it's – you know, it's not awesome anymore. So the wintertime, like 40s and 50s, I mean, you can't complain with that. That's going to be awesome. I'm pretty excited
0: about that. I think that's why Charlotte has so many transplants from the north, is that exact reason you just described. With with no insult meant to Florida, you still kind of get all four seasons here, but it's, yes. it's very comfortable.
3: You get know, all four seasons in one week, one day possibly. <laughs>
0: You know what? That is a true story, and uh, if we are regaling John with stories, my sister goes to school in upstate New York. She was here in March. It snowed in the morning, and kid you not, it was 70 degrees and sunny in the afternoon. It was really? the second Saturday in March this year.
3: Yeah, this March we had snow and pollen all in the same time.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah <laughs> really, right. It was yellow snow, but that, not That's the
4: right. yellow <laughs> Well, it's bad. Yellow. Isn't yellow snow bad?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anytime it is yes. Anytime yes. <laughs> uh.
4: That's what Mom always told me growing up. It's, a, it's the only thing I remember. Yellow so, snow is bad snow.
3: So John, how long were you in in Springfield? What? How, how long? Was your um,
4: okay? Yep, I was there three years. Okay. Um. So Duluth for three years, then Springfield for three years, and um. It. I, I mean, going from Duluth, where you have – if you have a severe thunderstorm once a year in your viewing area, it is like Armageddon. And then I went to Springfield, where nobody cares if there's a severe thunderstorm. It's only tornado warnings that people care about. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like and, – and most of the time, you're going to get tornado warnings. If you have a marginal threat in spring, you're going to have five tornado warnings. It's just – you know, just with <sighs> – the sheer in the middle of the country—I um, mean, you just—we get so many vorts and tornadoes, and I don't know. I just—I've—I <clears throat> loved it because it—it really—it taught me to be a well-rounded meteorologist. Now I don't know a ton about hurricanes. I'm reading up on it, but I think living in Springfield for three years was uh, huge for just me as a meteorologist.
3: Going, going off of that, um, and I'm sorry, James, I didn't mean to step in here. But, no, you're fine, Scotty. Um, Go right ahead. You know, Springfield being close to Joplin, obviously you, you wasn't there in Joplin during 2011, yeah. but I'm sure, you know, be, living there, you, you've heard all kinds of stories and stuff. What, what kind of stands out from that day to you?
4: All right, so I did a two, well, it was six years ago? So a year ago, I did a five-year reunion story. You know, I, that was like my sweeps package for the, you know, sweeps month, I went out, and I was like, I want to do, like, a deep story out of Joplin, and I, I just, it is, if, if you've never been there, you go there today, and it is just like, a bomb went off still today. I mean, it is like a nuclear bomb went off, and it's like, I was standing in a parking lot, and it was still just vacant, and you were in the middle of town. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's really creepy, and and I, I interviewed a lot of people, talked to just, I think just listening to a woman's story about, like, she has a picture of her, like, standing in her house, and obviously she, she somehow survived, and there's no roof on her house, there's nothing on her house, and and it, and I think what's wild is I see, I see these stories a lot, you know, with a lot of damage, with, like, one house being damaged, or maybe five houses, but for an entire town to just get mopped to the floor, just mopped up with a tornado is just insane. So I don't know. There's there's so many memories, but I think the wildest one is nothing. It, you you can still see a giant scar in that town right now. You can go drive through it right now. So wild.
3: Yeah, I was uh, I was there a couple of years ago, and uh, you know you just look. It was near the where the hospital was, and, and there's just blank slabs of of just concrete there. Nothing you know nothing there. Right. So you know, breeze, you know, you could still see it from the trees and stuff. You know, if the, the trees could talk and, and they had stories, it would be amazing just to, to hear.
4: That's a good point. Yeah, I think the trees, I think uh, one of the coolest shots I have, like when we're doing the stories, you're driving down just like a normal street and there's trees and, and then it's just like somebody just like, there's like this wall and you're on the same street and then there's no trees at all. Yeah. Like forest, no trees. You know, it's crazy. It's, crazy. it's scary, actually. So.
3: How was, how uh, and Ricky could probably jump in, and James as well, because they, they both have TV experience. How is, how is covering severe weather out there? You know, um, you know, here in the Carolinas, we, we normally just do tornado warnings. You see the Okies, OKC Metro, and it's game on. You know, it's wall-to-wall right. water for 12 hours. How, how is it in the Springfield market?
4: All right, so here's how it works in Springfield. Um. We tend to get, a, uh, like this year, they had like 75 tornado- confirmed tornadoes in our viewing area, which was, was a lot for us. So how it works is this is about 80 or 90% of our events in Springfield uh, went like this. We're about 100 miles from Tulsa and Wichita. And so the big supercells develop out there at around 4 to 7 o'clock. They turn it, that low-level jet, kicks on, we all know this, the low-level jet strengthens at nighttime, and what happens with those storms is they weaken into a squall line at like 10 p.m., they hit the Joplin area, and then they move to Springfield around 11 or midnight, and then they inter- that squall line interacts with the low-level jet, it happens all the time, and what you get is when you have such a strong low-level jet and low-level forcing, low level forcing, you get 15 tornadoes on a squall line, and they're like half of them are gust NATOs. so we'll have tornado warnings on a on a squall line from nine p.m. until four a.m. You know, and I'll be live. I can't tell you how many eight-hour shifts I did in the middle of the night, puns all the time. So and then that's you were the fast. morning guy,
0: exactly. So you had to keep yes, going, right? but
4: yeah. So what happened is um, we did like a trade-off. So I'd come in at midnight, but like. Obviously, you know, I go to bed at nine and wake up at midnight and you're like, man, this stinks. I got to be up. And then you get in, you walk into the station and it's like on, you know, like this wall-to-wall coverage. It's just lights are on and you just instantly go from like a slumber to just like, bam. And then I'll be live from midnight to four. I probably did that 15 times this year. Wow.
2: That's amazing. So you'll fit right here in Charlotte where we often have nighttime nocturnal tornadoes at <laughs> 2 in the morning uh, that nice. sometimes have warnings on them, sometimes don't. Uh, you
4: may okay. or may have radar, so, Okay, yeah, that's that's the other trick is like, um, do you guys get a lot of like Gus NATO Mesovort type tornadoes here?
2: Yeah, we have a, a lot of QLCS spin-ups. Um, sure. That's probably our, our oh, primary sure. driven. Severe weather is those QLCS spin-ups. Um, Good. Last big tornado event, and if I forget one, let me know, guys. Uh, was probably April sixteenth, two thousand eleven. Most of that happened east of Charlotte, uh, towards the Raleigh metro area, uh, up into southeast Virginia, northeast North Carolina. Last big tornado in Charlotte, that was a supercell. I remember, Scotty, James? That was.
3: Um, it was just north of Charlotte, George Harrisburg. Was yeah, it was it a F- F- three, I think. Yeah, it was the EF two or three, I believe. Yeah. Um, was 2000... that one
0: in the same when they, where they missed it because we couldn't see it on radar? No. It was in the radar hole?
2: No, that was a QLCS spin-up yeah. uh, that ended up being an EF-2 uh, that ripped some homes apart. It was just two in the morning. That was the unwarned tornado warning um, that the whole fiasco came from. That's how the Charlotte radar bill became a thing and how they're working on getting a radar in Charlotte now. Is that going to happen? Um, it kind of got approved through the new house budget that was set up. Um, officially the money isn't there yet, I think, but the steps are being taken through political action to eventually get it.
1: So Ricky, the priority has been, the priority spots have been made for the country. How, how many spots are there in Charlotte? Obviously sounds like it's been pushed to the top. How many other spots were there do you, that, you know, From what of? I
2: understand the, what the bill did was require them to do a study on the areas that would need coverage, and there was a certain criteria that had to be met to need coverage, and Charlotte would have met that criteria. Uh, so now I think we're waiting on the results of that survey or uh, research to come back and then they'll push to get the actual funding for the
0: radars and everything.
1: That's good, and it's good to hear that Charlotte's been bumped to the top of that list, that's, that's uh, long overdue for that metropolitan area, wow, that's, that's good, good to hear. Charlotte
3: and Columbus, Ohio are two of the main metropolitan areas Mm -hmm. that that are under consideration. Is there another one in Oklahoma? Um, uh, Oklahoma's got radars everywhere. I mean, you just look over the horizon and you see about seven of them. You're like,
0: come on. Somebody can can fact check the actual numbers on me because I don't have the bill in front of me, but I think in spirit the the idea was if you are – more than 70 miles from a radar at like a level 2 full-blown National Weather Service radar, and you have a population of more than a million, you'd be qualified for the study, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I believe so. I think so. Something along those lines?
0: And John, miles.
1: Know. Yeah, we're getting close here in Charleston then. <laughs> we have one that's, I think, just about at that 60 or 70 mile range. But, yeah, I mean, we, we get it at about, I think at about 4,000 or 5,000 feet here.
3: We get it at like 8. Yeah. Yep. And, John? <laughs> 8,000. Uh, we're talking talking about tornadoes and and Ricky and James will have to help me out here at the the correct term but uh, there's been two tornadoes that's hit the, is it the Microsoft building in Charlotte, Ricky?
2: yeah, Um, I think it's the the
4: Microsoft building
3: two tornadoes have hit the same building within like two years apart so uh, when it comes December you just want to watch that area in southwest Charlotte
4: okay
2: (laughs) just tell your news crews to set up there early in the afternoon and you'll be gold
4: it's crazy, Southwest Charlotte. Come on, I live in Southwest Charlotte.
3: <laughs> is it is it Microsoft or IBM? Uh, IBM? One of the two. I, I think
4: I'm pretty it sure it's a the Microsoft office.
3: Microsoft, yeah. yeah so, you know, well, I John, got a question.
1: I got a question for John. Um, Go ahead, Jay. I mean, you know, you're you're getting kind of acclimating the station. Show us your your kind of command center there, and, and I mean, we can see like one corner of it, but give us a little tour. I don't know if you can move your camera or not around or not, but. Tell sure. us what you do. What do you, what do you do on a daily basis there? And, and like, what, what hours do you work? Are you the evening, daytime, and, and so? of sure. give us the rundown of what you do every day. All right,
4: here's what I do every single day. This is going to be uh, our weather center. We just have one in the studio. Uh, in the studio, uh, excuse me, in the newsroom. So, like we're in the newsroom right now. And uh, then we have our big monitor. This is actually a touchscreen monitor. Um, this will go on TV 95% of the time when we have severe weather. That's the way we do it. <clears throat> we use touchscreen. Big reason for that is the system that we have is barren, um, but it's, it's, four, it's like a four-year-old system. So it's, it's set up with touchscreen. The new barren system that we might get is set up with green screen. But a big reason people always ask me, why do you use touchscreen? It just it works with our system. Um, so, we got a bunch of computers here. That's just a monitor. Got to look good. And um, lots of computers here. So, the two in the back behind me, those are backup computers because it's TV, right? Got <laughs> a backup. That's going to be my bearing system, and those two uh, computers there. <clears throat> and then the one right in front of here, that's where I'm going to do all my dirty work when it gets severe time. Um, come in here. I work. Two to eleven PM. First thing I do, like every meteorologist, you do a forecast. Um, takes me a couple of hours, but when days like today happen and things go crazy, um, and I don't have I don't have a backup person today, it's, uh, it's it could be tough. You got to try to forecast and be on TV, and we're doing cut-ins at three o'clock, and so <clears throat> these are crazier days. Now it's like it's the holiday time. Usually I would have. Um, another meteorologist with me and that person can work on building like sexy graphics you know and uh, I can tend to work on the forecast or go on tv if I need to but yeah I work 6 p.m 6 p.m news and then 10 p.m coming up here in an hour and a half so Fox we're an hour early which is kind of nice because I get to go to bed a little early but still a weird shift still a weird shift
1: and do you do any radio broadcasting as well? Like some of the radio stations do you do, like do you chime in on, on the weather forecast with them and, and maybe go out through, through some of the other, uh, some of those other channels. Right. So I don't
4: right now. Um, but where I came from in Springfield, that was a huge thing that we did. I was on like 25 broadcasts in Springfield. Um, that's something that we're going to get uh, implemented here. We have a couple of partnerships and radio and I'm like, Yes, I want to be on the radio. Let's go. I love radio. To be honest, radio is sometimes can be better than TV. It's it's raw. It's beautiful. It's it's honest. I just like radio. Um, So yeah, I want. Speaking of that, I want to get that going. Um, But no, not right now. Obviously, uh, Fox Forty Six new, a new station. I've always worked in the past at legacy stations, so I'm coming in here to Fox and you know uh, changing some stuff up. Uh, Try to get try to get a little more in the community, things like the radio, and and I think that's my goal, and I hopefully can bring some experience from the Midwest with me here. That's a couple of the goals, but yeah, a couple of things we want to
1: do. Big one is radio. Very so, cool. Now, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Scotty. I, I was
3: just, just going to play off of that. John, you were morning meteorologist there in Springfield. Sure. Uh, I'm not sure what in Duluth, if you were more than morning or evening. Morning. What's been the Morning. So what what's been the biggest biggest changes, you know, going from the morning to evening. I know the the work schedule is a big change, but has there has there been anything else? It's been a huge <clears throat> it's been it's
4: the biggest change ever. I mean, you can't um, I think in the mornings you can express yourself more. I'm a very upbeat, happy, normal guy. Um, I'm a weather geek, but I like to be normal. Like, when I say normal, I mean, like, not as, like, sensationalized. I like to be more like, you know what I mean here? So in the mornings, you can kind of just be like a normal person, right? But in the evenings, it's a little bit more like Ron Burgundy, right? Like, you're on a pedestal, talk down to the people, right? <laughs> so I'm not used to that. Um I think that the biggest change has definitely been the schedule. I used to wake up at 2 a.m. and go home at 11. Now I work at 2 p.m. and go home at 11 p.m. instead of 11 a.m. So sometimes it feels like I'm just Does working. That mean
0: you get to go fishing? You get to go I fishing in the I've been fishing
4: during the week a couple times. Surprisingly, I'm more tired now than I was getting four hours of sleep at night. What the heck? Hmm. Um, Sign but, you up
0: for a sleep study.
4: Seriously. I think I'm, I think seven straight years of not sleeping. My body's like confused, but biggest change for sure is, uh, the mentality of the news from the morning show to mentality of the news at night. Um, I don't, I used to be an, almost like an anchor. I used to read stories and read, I'd read like fun poppy stories and I had a dog on the air. So, I mean, I went from being like this really flamboyant guy to like, just just my geek side. So I've had to cut out not totally, you know, I'm still me, but I've had to cut out a lot of the antics,
1: as you will. Well, maybe you can talk to Nick Koser and rekindle that a little bit. <laughs> Man,
4: that guy that is if you watch me in my old station, me and Nick are literally the same people.
1: We're just That's, crazy. So we're we gonna see we, yeah. we need more of it. We need more of you guys out there, really. It's great.
4: Right. So that yeah, I mean honestly that's what I'm trying to bring to TV is uh, a down-to-earth but, but also weather geek at the same time kind of mentality. Like I always tell my teachers in dynamics, teach to me like I'm four years old because I don't know what the heck you're talking about. And the teacher would have to dumb down dynamics for me to learn. So that's what I try to do every single day. People don't know what the heck vorticity is or what a low-level jet is. So I try to explain a low-level jet like – putting gasoline into your car, you know, and the igniting and the, the starting engine is, you know, the drier air mass underneath the front, you know what I mean, or the cooler air mass. So I try to I try to put things into perspective instead of just being in my own world, so that's kind of my mentality.
3: And that, that's a good thing, you're talking about communication, you know, and I, I love the the, the that you're taking about. Is kind of putting it in layman's terms. Uh, some folks yeah. don't do that uh, in the TV. You know, the TV weather right. world. Uh, what is your thoughts on communication? I think that's becoming a big thing. Not only is getting the forecast right, but now it's communicating those threats. Uh, obviously, you had that experience in, in the Midwest with communicating threats of tornadoes and stuff. What do you think? Uh, how do you think communication plays into what you do every day? And then kind of talk about the social media aspect of it
4: yeah um something i want to do um once i get rolling here a little bit is i think i've lived in the midwest where communication is has to be there because you know we had joplin you know the national weather service and the and the media had to go through joplin so i've seen springfield office who runs joplin i've seen them go through the changes that you're talking about how do we get this to the people and what I want to implement here is a real relationship with the National Weather Service and the emergency management community um, I had emergency management contacts everywhere back in Springfield I could call them on the phone I knew them by name um, it was so easy to get we could get that out instantly um, seems a little delayed here in the Charlotte area Uh, just how fast that is obviously unless you're Brad Panovich that guy can get whatever but (laughs) you know I mean besides that I you know I think that I think it's good to have a really close relationship with emergency management and uh, the National Weather Service and uh, beefing up uh, the National Weather Service's social media I think the National Weather Service holds uh, a a lot more power now than they used to with the potential of social media and my old uh, national weather service used to go live on based face- on their fa- they go live on their facebook page you know what i mean and they'll stay live on there and show you what's going on in the national weather service which kind of
1: feels forbidden
4: almost you know what i mean
1: like yeah, some meat. of these guys yeah some of those guys most of them and they don't want to go on on camera right uh, but you, now you have uh, they were leaning more on twitter for all these years they've been more about twitter than they have for facebook because of uh, certain I don't know certain privileges and Facebook's got a weird uh, sort of algorithm that they're not very they're not big fans of. but the Facebook live feature is is good it's proving sure. worth worthwhile but now they, they were using periscope with Twitter and they still do every once in a while especially with with storm events but see your reach with the public isn't as great with Twitter so hence Facebook live right. and um, yeah the web service Charleston I think I don't know if they've done one I have to go back and look I don't think they've done any Facebook lives yet they might be waiting for their, their senior to say, no, let me go ahead and do it, but there's only like one or two people in that office that <laughs> would go live anyway, so. Right. And, and it's
4: office to office. And, uh, but I, I mean, uh, I think TV, obviously, we're going to Facebook, we're going to social media now, and that's eventually the world's going to go to <clears throat> permanent streaming. I mean, eventually it's going to be, we're going to be on Netflix, right? It's going to be like, bink. Your local news media, you have a tornado warning on Netflix and you just click on it, right? That's what eventually needs to happen. I want it to get there. Um, And that's what I think needs to happen. And that could save a lot of lives. So who's going to do it? Who's going to get us rich? James. Well, John,
0: you were on Facebook uh, Live earlier today. And I'm wondering, uh, how has that been rewarding for you as a meteorologist in a market like Charlotte where... You know, I think one of the big keys here that we've touched upon is because of the radar and because of the setup, it's that community that really become your eyes and ears at times.
4: It is. Um, obviously, I'm new to town, so I don't have the following like I've had back in Springfield. Um, Got to gain that. Got to gain the trust. Got to gain the following. But Facebook Live and your community, I was talking about Brad Panovich. Brad couldn't do what Brad does without the community. So... The community is our eyes. It's our ears. I know it sounds cliche, but you know what I mean. You you can't be people. The emergency managers can't be everywhere. Police officers can't be everywhere, and uh, you you. So like when I'm on Facebook Live, I'm always talking to the people. Like hey, you know, S- you know, you lost your power. Send it to us so we can, you know, get a crew out there better understand what's going on with this storm because the storm that happened in Catawba County. It was gonna be very similar what happened in Mecklenburg County, you know a couple hours later So it's very important to know what what kind of damage are we looking at in Catawba County because one hour later
0: Probably gonna look very similar to that if we can get the same setup going. So yeah, huge huge and that probably fits nicely with the station branding right getting results and
4: kind of pursuing those avenues Yes
0: I didn't I mean get out like a community. consultant in that question, but it just seemed to yeah. fit in nicely to what you were saying.
4: <laughs> Getting results, yeah, I think that's that's something I, I'd like to do. I mean, you guys are giving me a good idea. It's like, like I want the community to have a voice, and I think weather people want to always have a voice, especially in weather. You know, tons of weather geeks out there. Like, I want to give them that voice. You know what I mean?
3: So, so John. I don't know. This may be a controversial topic, maybe not. Um, how, how did the media partners, you guys in Springfield, get along? Um, you know, did, did you guys go to lunch together and say, "Hey, did we need to work on the"? I know one thing in the Charlotte area is trying to get all the TV stations on board of doing warnings the same color, this, that, and the other. How was it in Springfield? How did you guys kind of did you did you communicate, or is it kind of every person for their or every station for themselves?
4: You're going to get different. Uh, I'm, I'm a pretty down to earth guy. I don't take life too seriously. You know, I'm, my job's just a job. Um, I need to be competitive. Like everybody, you know, every other job, you got to be competitive. So I'm competing against like someone like Brad Panovich every day, but um, in, in, uh, in Springfield, nah, I mean, I'd say 80% of us were really close. Any event we were at, we could have great conversations. And when we had a lot of meetings with the National Weather Service in Springfield, a lot of it was because of Joplin. But it was it was kind of like meetings, like, listen, don't be children. We got to save lives. Like, that's what we're doing here. And it's, it's just a good point. It's like, listen, you know, don't get mad because that station has this post that's got a million views. You know, just be happy that it has a million views. Because really, why am I doing this? I'm doing this to protect people's lives. So, I think you, you got to all come together. And I don't don't take I don't take lives too seriously. So no, I mean I assume. And I, uh, Keith Monday, you guys know him. Mhm. Mhm. Uh, yeah, you reached out to me the first day I was here, and uh, there's another girl who reached out to me. People seem really welcoming here, so I'm really excited about that because I it, it's it, it's different in every town but it seems like everyone's pretty friendly. You know, we're meteorologists. Come on. You
3: know I what think, I mean? I think the Charlotte region, and, and Ricky, you've been in it, and James, you as well. I think we can all say um, all the media partners are, are really nice to one another and really work well together.
2: Yeah. I mean, a lot of them mm-hmm. kind of hang out together sometimes. So it's really not a – you know, obviously there's still a competitive aspect of it, but it's one of the more – down to earth regions I've found in the U.S. It's uh, not cutthroat like some markets are.
4: Right, that's good. That makes me happy. I don't it's want all, it to be. I mean, it's cutthroat enough in here. I mean, I work in a newsroom, you know.
3: <laughs> Talking about meteorologists, and I, I promise I'll let James get back to interview. And I just, I love these in-depth conversations that we have. Um, talk about the team that you work with there at Fox Forty yeah. Six. We've had Nick on several times, but. Uh, I know you guys have a few other meteorologists. So talk about the team that you've uh, that you've been welcomed into.
4: All right, got a good team.
3: Um,
4: uh, I think what takes a team is having somebody who could. You got to pick each other's slack up like a marriage. And I think we got, we have it, we have it here. Um, you need your personality. You need your guy who can get in the community. That's going to be Nick. Uh, Nick can do any story. He can get out in the community. He's amazing for that. Amanda Cox, she's our weekend evening. Um, she's, But when you're a weekend evening meteorologist, you're you're doing everything. You're probably working the hardest because you're going to be – she's working behind scenes a lot with for me, and she's our gr- graphics guru. Amanda can make any graphic and you know, 20 minutes. It might take me seven hours to make that same graphic. So you need that person because I've been in a newsroom where people aren't very good at making graphics, and uh, that's not good. So – Uh, Amanda's huge there Um, and Brittany is our weekend morning and Brittany is a double major in meteorology and physics so she's super smart so yeah it's good to bounce things off of Brittany like hey I'm not I'm not an idiot right now right this is you know
2: so I actually uh, went to school with Brittany at UNC Charlotte her and I uh, she was a few years ahead of me but her and I were in some of the same classes, and yeah, like you said, she she's a very smart uh, woman
4: for sure. Dude, she is. She's very smart. Sometimes I ask her, I'm like, uh, are you sure you want to be in TV? Because you are like, you should change the world. And she's
2: fluent in uh, Spanish to a degree as well. I remember we were doing oh, some real stuff together, and uh, she did a severe thunderstorm warning recording in, in Spanish. Um, no. She had a little bit of experience
4: in it, so. I'm going to get on her for that. That's incredible. <laughs> and then there's just me. You know, I'm kind of little. I'm I'm kind of little everything. You know, you get a little, you get a little weather, you get a little graphics, and you get personality. So, and that's a team. I like it. It's good.
0: And I want to dig deeper into that personality a second. And I, I'm actually going to bring Scotty back in
1: uh, <laughs> because
0: he found uh, some uh, backstory on on your dog and such. But I have to take a Uh-oh. quick time out as we come to about ten minutes to the top of the hour, and just acknowledge for anyone who may have noticed this. Peter, are you in like a horror movie right now? You look <laughs> like somebody's gonna come up
1: behind you. And just watch leave. out for that shirt.
3: You're, you're, gonna see <laughs> Get
1: somebody co- you. you're gonna see somebody come through the door in a minute. Just be prepared. I know. I know. I'm waiting for <laughs> somebody <laughs> with, there, with, with a... just the lighting. Big machete um, or something, you know. Yeah, I'm waiting, waiting for somebody with a hockey mask and a machete to come through. <laughs> It'll
2: just be Chris Christie coming back on the beat. Chris Christie. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: dang. Uh,
0: okay, I'm sorry to totally derail the conversation, but I think these show. No, we good needed that. The the the, the in depth conversations, like Scotty mentioned, but also just a bunch of uh, uh, tonight, just a bunch of fellas hanging out, uh, talking weather and. Uh just wanted to acknowledge Peter. I was watching him get up, sit down, move the light, sit down, get up, move the light. So, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, Scott, um, I know you wanted to ask John about, about his dog. He mentioned the, the dog not too long ago, and and I'm wondering if uh, it is possible that uh, if the dog is not right for, for primetime PM television, if maybe, I don't know, Nick could take him for a walk on a Facebook video or something together with you, You know, I'm just just trying to pitch some ideas.
4: You want me to
3: go into who Griffey Yeah, I don't really know.
0: That was a bad setup because I tossed to Scotty (laughs) and then I asked kind of the question at John.
3: You took the funding. That's okay. You
0: found found John's dog on Facebook and uh, you found all of his uh, Springfield fame.
3: That's right. Yeah, so John, I think you uh, when you were moving, you you shared a post that that Griffey had won some awards in Springfield and... Uh, so tell us a little bit about Griffey. I, I love dogs. I know Ricky does as well. So uh, I'm really, uh, really happy to hear about Griffey's story.
4: All right. So I have a beagle. He is three. So that means he was a puppy when we were in Springfield. And it was bring your dog to work day uh, three years ago. And he, we brought a bunch of toys into the station. And we just were going to let him play around, right? Whatever. No, No harm done. Well, when I was on live TV, Griffy was playing Fetch with me. And there's a viral video. You can YouTube Griffey the Weather Dog. It's got millions of views. And um, once that happened, my boss is like, this is a hit. And after that, they made a green box to blend into the green screen with stairs. So he can run up on the green screen. And after that moment, it was three years of... Not every day, but about once or twice a week, Griffey would be on TV with me, and we just wake it up, wake people up every morning. Hey, what's up, everyone? Good morning. And then I taught Griffey at a high five and low five and do all these things. He's actually a trick dog, so he can do a lot of like, fun stuff. He can, like, say his prayers for raining and stuff. And uh, people fell in love with him. Uh, his fans are insane. And he won back-to-back awards for the best Facebook page in uh, – all of Missouri media. Wow.
3: We'll definitely Unreal. have to share. We're going to show Griffey's uh, Facebook page on our Facebook page and Twitter, but you need to go check out some of the videos. I mean, you know, it was crazy. You know, Griffey just, he knew when to go up there and, and do his thing. So, pretty awesome.
4: Yeah. So, I mean, the truth is, I'm, all right, I got to, I just started here a month, right? I got to, you know, I got to get get in here first, right? Get a couple months, then bring the dog
3: yeah we we need to see griffy we do
4: here's the thing it's a shock when, when you start it people are like what the heck is going on but trust me it works it's gimmicky but people freaking love it mm-hmm. so what's the number one thing that gets engagement
2: on social media dog pictures cat pictures i've been there
4: i know You you know it can be frustrating though you post a really important like tornado warning like Springfield, you're gonna die. Yeah. And then that picture gets like 20 likes. You post a picture of your baby or dog, and it's like 700. You're like, "What is wrong with you?"
2: So I just put signs in front of my dog, and I'm like, tornadoes possible tomorrow." And then they share that with the picture <laughs> of the dog.
1: Genius. Yeah,
0: that's good, Ricky.
3: I could see this. I could see Griffey and John, you and Nick doing uh, Nick's videos. You know that he's he's well known for. I mean. I mean, we could we could get some segments like that. That would be uh, some good stuff. Because I, I can see that you and Nick have the same personality, which is awesome. Well, Nick has his own dogs, too, I believe. He does, yeah. He's got a husky, I husky. believe. Ooh,
4: the dominant dog right there. Watch out. Uh, does
0: Griffy go fishing with you, John?
4: Sometimes. But I have to bring the baby with me because I can't leave her at home. So usually we leave Griffy behind now. But he used to.
2: So That's in a few years, when the baby catches bigger fish than you, uh, w- what's going to happen?
4: Uh, I'm going to throw her off the boat. <laughs> 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 in, in, a right? in a life jacket. In a life jacket. Life jacket. <laughs> you guys are sick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, does, does, does the baby like weather? Thunderstorms? Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: What's her name, by the way? It's Zoe Ziegler.
0: Love it. Cool. Love it. So nice. does she and love thunderstorms or does she, you know, does she seem not so enthused by the sounds? We have her around a beagle and
4: <laughs> so she gets she never wakes up during thunderstorms. She's gonna be a pro. She's gonna fit right in with the Ziggler people, the Ziggler name. I feel like weather she's cool. gonna be like I I see she's gonna be a weather she's gonna do weather too, I guarantee it.
1: I think I think my daughter might be She's she's three years old and and like my son Merrick he's five he he's kind of impartial like he hears it and he just kind of carries on about his own business if it's really loud something really close he may he may make it some make some noise to get you know get near somebody but she's like whoa I mean she loves it she loves that stuff I think she's gonna be I think she's gonna be Watch the next one you're gonna be like daddy. <laughs> I mean, uh, we are coming up uh, to the
0: top of the hour. So, for anyone who's joining us on YouTube, Facebook, or Periscope, uh, you can send in your questions for John. Uh, before we let him go tonight, we'll let him share his social media platform so that anyone listening on our podcast on Google Play or iTunes can follow up. Uh, Ricky's got his dog with him now because yeah, he's trying he to get the yes.
2: He's a uh, he looks like an Australian dingo. Oh, he's a cute really know what breed. He is, but we just call him our little dingo. He's about five now, and. Uh, He's talking about oh. thunderstorms, so.
0: <laughs> He's like, let let down? It. That's a cute he dog. right where that camera is, too. Thanks. Looking right at us. <laughs> He's weather been, dog.
2: He hasn't been weather on dog. air yet. But he, uh, he sometimes comes and hangs out in the studio and uh, sits underneath our weather desk when I'm on air, so. All
0: He's right, awful. John, so I have to ask. You're you know, uh, okay. semi-new to the region, and a bunch of guys from the greater Carolina area are on. Uh, is there anything you've come across uh, that has uh, stumped you that you're willing to admit, or any, any questions? I mean, we're not Brad Penovich, and we're not Eric Thomas, but I think we might have some helpful information maybe for you. Is there anything that has really just really caught you off guard that is truly unique to the show and right. weather setup?
4: Oh, oh, weather? I was going to say those. Oh, crazy yeah. No, was, yeah, anything
3: or anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's very true. We could
4: Churvil, do either. one.
3: What the heck, guys?
4: What?
0: what the heck? What now? I cut you. Derrible.
4: I said Churable.
0: Mhm. Um, <laughs> yes, and, uh, Okay.
4: I got a ton of hate mail. Uh I got a ton of ha- uh I, people were calling in. The storm's going through uh Salisbury. I've been saying Salisbury for 3 weeks. <laughs>
1: You got to say something. Oh, yep, yeah, you're in the South now. You got to get it yeah. right. I yes. tell you what I did when
2: I first moved into uh the Tri-Cities. I posted on my Facebook page. I was like, "Hey, what are some town names that I need to know?" And then people ate it up, too, for social because they're like, "Hey, here's my town. Don't screw it up or something."
1: Oh, um, yeah, they hate you if you screw it up. That's yeah. different everywhere. It's so inconsistent here. I mean, you have you have Beaufort, South Carolina, but it's Beaufort, North Carolina. Uh. Same spot. You
3: know, have, have you called it Concord, or, um, let's see. Is it. It's Concord, right? Concord
1: or Concord? <laughs> is, I say Concord. It's Concord, yes. Concord, and you have to have an umbrella, okay? <laughs> umbrella. <laughs>
4: what, what is it? Umbrella. You're right,
1: Concord. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Concord.
4: Um, speaking of Concord, yeah. do you have any
2: racing connections or any interest in racing, since you now are in the, the Charlotte metropolitan area?
4: Listen, I'm from Minnesota, so I'm not, you know, I have to say I didn't grow up with racing. Um, maybe speed skating and luge, but, um, no, I mean, I think it's cool. I mean, I'd probably go to a race just to hang out. Hey, There's John,
3: John, next time you come to the race, message myself or Ricky. We're the meteorologists out at the track, so yes, we'll bring you up into the command center and let you meet uh, everybody. I'm coming.
0: <laughs> That's until not an it, offer he gives out to just anyone.
3: Until it starts to rain, and then it's you better you better get out of there. And know. make
0: sure you
2: uh, also reach out to Fox next time they're in town and tell them that when it rains at Charlotte, because it always does every single year, that you're available to Outside. come in on their weather, uh, come in on their race
4: show and say, hey, it's uh, raining. I need to do that, and I want to do that. And I'm going to
3: hopefully be at football games too. Yeah. We need to get you in the bus racing out there, school bus racing. Ooh, the
0: bus race. I saw that last week. Take on Matthew East.
4: <laughs> yep. Well,
3: I will
0: mess. Heard, heard Josh Sims maybe needed a little help, so it'll be Josh and John next year. Yeah, <laughs> he,
3: he was terrible. <laughs> that's, a, that's okay. Matthew East just ripped the whole bumper off of Al Conklin's bus last week. Matthew East flipped a bus one year.
1: <laughs> that was two that's years awesome. ago, right?
3: So Matthew, Matthew was delegated to work yesterday to Fourth of July to help pay for the uh, damages that he created last week. So.
4: <laughs> oh, one thing, all right. So I'm not used to this many pop up storms, and it's the worst forecasting it because you, every model's different, right? And there's no. What's tough is you don't have any jet influence here in the summertime.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: So I've always had jet influence. Now I don't have jet influence. So it's very weird.
1: Wait for the nighttime, wait for your nocturnal jetting at night, especially with distant cold fronts to the west, just over the Appalachians, maybe even spilling down the east side, but sometimes you get this, this overnight. We get it at the coast all the time here, even a whole state away where your where cold front is, you'll get this nocturnal jetting going on, um, and even up in Outer Banks, especially right now. Uh, you know, you get these undulating fronts, these cold fronts that sort of just approach and you get to the Piedmonts, you get this nocturnal jet going on there. So some of your activities at nighttime, like Ricky brought up earlier, there's nocturnal storms with QLCS, a lot of spin to them there. Here at the coastline, we don't get quite that degree of storm with a high enough. We have such a high warm layer that it doesn't allow that much ice development for um, the more severe storms. But we get these really cool water spouts in the morning here. We get this Delta T set up along the coastline with a lineup right offshore land breezes is really really cool so um yeah that's um there, there's there are there's some jetting profile low-level jetting during the day times there you'll get it off the lakes near the bodies of water and uh yeah it's so good luck up there in charlotte and if you have any, you. any help from the coastline right here especially in the winter when you get into your cold wedges your cold damming uh even some of the winter storm events some of our effects here from the coast have a direct connection to you and charlotte
4: all right. I'm gonna I have some reading to do and some talking to do, so I will talk with you.
3: It's all and about connections anytime. Hey, and Shay's your tropical expert too. I mean he's he's got it all going down there in Charleston. And
0: I think what give Scott your, will tell you is those, info. those those <laughs> foothills too. Those foothills will play with will play with those storms quite a bit.
3: That's right. You I come up here. We'll help you out, John. You uh, most of your way up to the foothills we'll We'll show you around. Do, and
0: do you get, like, gravity
4: wave influence? We have yeah. a
3: little bit of everything. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Man, it's just a different world for me here. I, I pulled up my, like, textbooks, you know, from, like, college. But I've,
3: is, been a, right? I've been just Midwest.
2: Those, those don't work
4: here.
3: Yeah, oh, okay. You, you got to just learn by learn by experience here. <laughs> you got the, the Carolina Wedge. You have your yep. high, high Shear Low Cape events. Those are always fun. Um, yeah. those, those, those create headaches in the, around Cold
1: air damming, warm nosing, no. sea breezing that affects the, the Piedmont inland troughing that helps, uh, enhance sea breezes at the coast. It all feeds off each other. So, um, yeah, you guys up in the mountains though, from like Scotty, uh, on over to Charlotte and Raleigh, I'd say Raleigh's a little bit further east than, than those effects. But, uh, you get a lot of spill down from the mountains, you have downsloping effects and, and all kinds of really cool things that happen up that way. Oh so, yeah man but you know we've um we've all been here for a few years you got Brad you got Nick you got a lot of support up that way and um Nitas, I'll I'll drop you my info and, and I'm sure the other guys will too. I was going to tell you don't don't
3: plan anything in October because we always have a big event in October. Ooh. I mean we've had historic flooding for the past 2 years right? So Has it been two or
1: three? Yeah, October 2015 was our huge yeah. event. We did have one last year, and I mean that, thats a—that's a, a common thing every year. We have one big rain event, right smack dab in the middle of the fall. Uh, it seems to happen. So we, you know, it, it, the tropics don't want to die. You get the Gulf moisture. You still have the subtropical jet. You have moisture aloft, You get uh, all kinds of really cool. Well, I wouldn't say cool. I'd say unique, but dangerous situations.
0: Yeah, South Carolina got mumbled just two years ago, and it was not far outside the Charlotte DMA. You know, yeah. one model shift, or if you had picked a different model run, it would have been a whole whole other ballgame. We uh, just... are we at 9 o'clock right now, and John's got a newscast coming up in an hour, and he's got pop-up storms he's watching on his radar. So before we let him go, John, I want to give you a chance to uh, share your social media information. Let folks who uh, might be watching or listening to this week's show, let them know how they can find you and interact with you directly.
4: All right. Uh, type uh, I'm on Facebook and Twitter, are my main two. I don't really dabble in Instagram because uh, Griffy the Weather Dog was my Instagram account. But uh, okay, you can follow me at John Ziegler WX on Twitter, and if you search John Ziegler, it's Z E I G L E R E before the I. Uh, you could search John Ziegler WX, and I'll pop up there. I think my page is Meteorologist John Ziegler. Fox something. I have way too many letters in that Facebook name. <laughs> Meteorologist John Z- John Ziegler, Fox forty six.
0: That that sounds about right. I think we tagged it ourselves, uh, and it did take me a second to to find it. And I was like, there are quite a quite a few letters there, but if it was um, Wheel of Fortune, you'd be rich. I
4: would be, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't think about I I didn't think about cha- when I changed it. I was like, ah, they only let you
1: change it once a year, so that's what it is.
0: Uh, any other questions from our panel tonight?
1: Nope. I got one thing to share though. Uh, National Weather Service Charleston reports from 8:30 830 to 8:35 p.m. almost 7,000 lightning strikes with storms near northwest of Hinesville struck. So 7,000 strikes within a five-minute time. They're telling people to stay off corded phones and don't touch electrical equipment as these nocturnal storms form and uh, really give off some some serious energy. So. If you have a thunderstorm with a, with a high lightning event coming your way, try to, to heed, heed those warnings.
2: I have something to share we as well. Um, you know, this is uh, appropriate, I think. Ah,
3: oh, uh, you stole my I, thunder.
2: I know I did. <laughs> Here you go. Uh,
3: new from Helicity Design,
2: go. South Carolina, where fronts come to die.
1: They They, did were, watch,
3: they awesome. were watching. They were watching our show tonight, and they just made the T shirt. So yeah,
1: Scotty, good one on you. You you, you made a plug at it and, and tagged me on that yeah. on Twitter, and they went ahead and made the shirt. So I'm going to go ahead and order it.
2: And remember, yeah. if you use our code Carolina, you get twenty
0: percent off. So
1: nice. I like now,
0: it. Who who said it? I know we said it earlier. Was it Scotty
3: Shea, who said it? Shay said it. And Shea I just, said it. I just, ta- I just I just tweeted the guys there, and I said, hey, our our, our colleague just came up with something, and bang, there's a shirt right there. <laughs>
1: Wow! Can I put Can I put Shea Gibson like underneath that? I mean, it's I didn't make up the phrase. Everybody knows it happens here. It's hey Shay. got to trade, somebody's got trademark that phrase. Hey,
3: you may get you may get a free product out of that. You might want to message them and say, "Hey,
1: well, 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 here designs. If you're watching, I want I want a dozen of those shirts right away. <laughs> I want them all colors and, and all sizes.
3: And I think that <laughs> South Carolina isn't that South Carolina crimson. Yeah. So there you go. Gamecock colors.
1: Yep. All right.
3: Well, John, it's been a pleasure having you on tonight. We uh, we really do appreciate that. You guys have been awesome. Thanks for having me on. We'll have to have you back on some other time. We'll uh, we'll talk about some weather now that, you, <laughs> I, now that you've been seasoned into uh, into the Carolinas.
4: Well, thank you. It's been great talking to you guys. I mean, who else am I going to learn the weather from, right? bunch <laughs> of geeks, man. That's what I need in my life.
3: Hey, we're here every Wednesday night, so if you ever want to come geek out with us. You, you oh, know?
1: I watched. I've watched. We'll, we'll get them on right in the, right as a, a winter storm morning begins, and we'll get them on the show. and will Yeah!
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, John, can I leave you with one tip before we go? And this sure. is coming from uh, it's somebody who used to work in that building. I just want to leave you with this tip. When you come to those snow events and you have to spend the night in the station, you want dibs on the copy room. Over in the oh. front, there's a door that closes. You get your own little room to yourself. The copy room oh. makes a little noise, but... Wonderful. (laughs) That's that's my one tip I wanted to share.
4: What a delight.
0: (laughs) There's nothing better than an air mattress and a copy room floor to go along with a snowstorm.
4: No, there's nothing better than sleeping over for a snowstorm. There's nothing better.
0: Uh, Scotty, I think you have our upcoming schedule, if I'm not mistaken. Who's joining us next week?
3: I I don't know who's (laughs) joining us. (laughs) We are actually talking about, uh, we're talking about communicating flood threats, but, uh, Shay and I have been working with with the folks uh, who has put out this article, and we've not got a confirmation of who's actually coming on the show. We just know – Someone's coming on to talk about uh, communicating flood threats. So uh, that's next week. And then after that, we're going to be talking about rip current safety. As uh, This is the prime time to, uh, to go down to the coast and, and enjoy the ocean. So uh, Carl Barnes from the uh, National Weather Service in Charleston and Sandy LaCourt from the National Weather Service in Wilmington will be joining us then. And then I think Shay is working on a hurricane show for the 26th of July And then as we uh, come into August, we're going to have the Nashville Nashville Severe Weather Group, Nash Severe Weather uh, from Twitter on with us. And we're also going to have Reynolds Wood from the Weather Channel. Uh, He's going to be joining us towards the end of August to talk about, um, just kind of talk about Ah, uh, shooting uh, live shots and stuff in the field, kind of talk about some of the uh, obstacles that they uh, come up with as, as they're out in the field trying to give us those uh, live shots. So that's kind of a look at what's coming up with the Carolina weather Group. As always, uh, if you have something you want us to talk about or have some guests that you want us to uh, feature on our show, reach out to us on Twitter. We'll be able to uh, kind of uh, send out some emails and some tweets and, Uh, try to get your uh, guest of uh, choice on our show. So uh, that's all i got for the schedule, Uh, James. I'll toss it back to you.
0: Thank you, Scotty. Thanks again to uh, John Ziegler, the new chief neurologist at Fox 46 Television here in Charlotte for uh, coming on tonight, and uh, welcome again to the Carolinas. Uh, And we want to thank our audience for uh, listening each and every week. You can check out our podcast on Google Play or iTunes, or of course live right here on Facebook, Periscope, and YouTube each week. And you can find us throughout the week. Uh, at carolinaweathergroup.com. Matter of fact, we are watching uh, a few thunderstorms right now, still rolling through uh, the central northern part of North Carolina, north of Greensboro, coming into Durham. uh, And you can see that on our radar at carolinaweathergroup.com. So uh, thanks again for joining us. Be sure to find John on Facebook and on Twitter. And uh, don't forget to look up uh, the Weather Dog as well. Uh, On behalf of everyone here at the Carolina
1: Weather Group, I'm James. Have a good night, and we'll see you back here next week.